Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by the one, the only, Parker Malloy. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Uh, are we going to pretend like we weren't just talking about my dead rabbit? I know. I like the first thing I said when I called Parker was, I'm so sorry about your little bunny. Oh. Yeah, it's okay though. He he, he, he was an he old had, one. He was he was nine. Like I still have another rabbit that I got three. Like that was he's like twelve and he's still fine. It's really weird. Wow, Which, twelve is twelve is like that. Like that hundred and sixteen year old lady who's like every day is miserable and I feel like God <laughs> is punishing me. Like yeah. that's what I imagine it's like. But in like bunny world, right. where it's just like I can't enjoy the the dried papaya treats you give me which <laughs> like his go-to so yeah still <laughs> still i'm sorry that sucks yeah anyway you know it's it's one of those things where it's like it happens but it was yeah. it was still really sad and I, I i took one last little selfie with him Ugh. uh before we left to go to the vet because he he died on the way to the vet which yeah i'm like we, when i first saw that i was like oh my god that's horrible but then i was kind of like maybe that was for the best yeah it's because it's like you know you don't want to go into a like yeah in, into a hospital also if if you just walk into a vet or into the 24-hour vet crying and holding a dead animal oh. they just bring you right to a room you get to skip the line a little bit <laughs> no, that's good that's a hot tip from parker <laughs> they're like how can i help you i'm like rabbit this is dead oh they're like see in that blanket i was like yeah oh god uh, but yeah anyway he's he's gonna be cremated i'm gonna get a little like his paw print oh, on a thing or something so that's nice that's, that's happening but yeah anyway i mean it's it it was something that we've been kind of expecting to happen like within the next like you know like for like the past six months so yeah <laughs> still when it happens it's like it's a lot yeah it is. yeah <laughs> there's <laughs> the like really no way to prep for having your pet die in your arms yeah you know yeah. But it was so it was one of those things where he was just getting really expensive <laughs> oh sure um, yeah because he, he was on this medicine that was like it was like seventy five dollars a month, and holy shit! And we had to keep bringing him in for like X rays and stuff because the whole thing was that his heart kept like there there was this like tissue that was like growing like outside of his heart that was like pushing his heart up into his like esophagus or something weird like uh. that. And yeah, so basically this was to address that, but we had to keep getting X rays to see how much it changed or didn't change over time and those those were always like two hundred dollars wow so you know it was it was one of those things where the the one upside is we were going to get his his medicine filled this weekend so we just saved 75 dollars see silver lining boom <laughs> uh so i wanted to ask you because we haven't spoken in a while um just to to switch uh, away from the theme of death, um, if there's anything you're watching or reading or listening to right now that's making you happy, well, you know I'm doing a lot of uh, I'm doing a lot of reading, but it's like it's not really enjoyable stuff. It's just like I'm because I'm I'm working on I'm working on like a a pitch. Or a, a a book proposal type thing. Dope. So I'm doing I'm doing a lot of research. Right. And 
you know, most of the the reason that I want to write a book is all the stuff that I'm I'm researching. Uh, it's very dry, <laughs> so yes. it's like it's like I want to write something that people will actually want to to read. But you know, it's still super early, so I don't really want to like talk too much about it. But you know, it's like so I've been I've been reading things about uh, about marketing, uh, which is interesting, especially if you look at it in the context of like you know, people who were just like sounding the alarms in like the 50s and 60s who were like, hey, it's weird that things are that person like marketing and we're trying to like play to people's fears and stuff like that. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, like, so like, here's an example. So it was in this book called um, uh, Hidden Persuaders. And so this example was that a like, a company, like, did some research and they were just like women love to bake cakes which okay whatever <laughs> it was it was the 50s yep. um then they they concluded that and so they were like hey what if we came up with a cake mix and it was super easy all you did was you threw water in it and it made a cake and it didn't sell as well as they thought and then when they did more research they found out they were like okay well so here's the thing uh like people who buy this think it's too easy. Like mm-hmm. the cake should be some work. So it's like, so then, then it was like, okay, we'll have the two, put it into separate powders or something. And then be like, Oh, also add eggs and this. And what? You know, so like that's they, crazy. They, they added a couple extra steps and people liked it more. And I was like, that is so weird. Like, why do our brains work like that? And, it, that is so weird. You know? But then when you like pause to think about it, like, yeah, I do like I want it to be easy, but I also want to feel like I'm making a cake. Yeah, exactly. It does like, make sense. It, yeah, it's you know, and it's it's sort of like I guess like you know those like meals that come in bags, but you still throw them on like a skillet, you know, and yeah. it's like you you still kind of have to do it. Like for some reason, that feels like more work than like putting something in the in the microwave, you know. But mm. it's like essentially the same thing. Right. You know, so it's it's one of those things where it's like so I've been reading like stuff like that and how it kind of has has totally creeped over into all these aspects of our life. And that was the big the big concern that they that the guy who wrote the book was talking about at the Mm. time. So uh, it's interesting. So so I've been reading about stuff like that. So it's it's cool. Very cool. I have a recommendation that has nothing to do with listening or reading or I guess it does have to do with listening. But I did an escape room last night. Yeah. uh, And we fucking crushed it. We uh, finished it in 53 minutes. No big deal. Brag, brag, brag. Um, And it was so fun. And I had never done one before. And now I'm like addicted. That's cool. I am. You know, I always hear people talk about escape rooms and stuff like that. And I always think it sounds like cool and fun, but I don't think those are as big a thing around here as they are in like, it feels like that's like a more like East coast thing or, yeah, yeah. or, a, I mean, or it's, a coast thing in general, East and West, you know, but it's fairly new here. I, I like uh, maybe like a couple years old, um, but it's very fun. I will say if you are like a very, um, anxious person or you have claustrophobia it might be too intense uh so just that's my general disclaimer yeah you know it's like yeah that that makes sense yeah um so so yeah so one thing that i keep wanting to do which is it's not an escape room but it, it for some reason reminded me of so 
for pretty much as long as I've lived in the apartment that I currently live. So it's been like four years or so. Um, there's just been this just empty building on a, like a couple blocks over from me and nothing's been there. And suddenly it was like all mysterious and they're like building things and they like doing some renovations. And I had no clue what it was. There was, they put like, there was like a washing machine on the outside, like on the sign. I was like, is this a laundromat? Like the world's most mysterious laundromat. And then you look in and you see there are washing machines, but it turns out that when you walk into this place, that room with the washing machines has like a secret entrance to a bar where they do magic tricks. Oh yeah. There's, there's a place like that in the city that my friend Hillary found, but it's a, it is an actual laundromat. And then one of the machines is fake and it's a door and Uh it opens into a speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah. That's like same same concept. So it's like, so, so, uh, so there's that. And then they do, they have like two rooms where they do like magic shows and stuff. Oh, wow. And I didn't, I don't think that's kind of really my jam, but at the same time I've watched videos of this place and I'm like, this seems kind of really cool. And, um, so I, th- I think Kayla and I are going to try to get out there because also it's like, I mean, it seems that people are very, very excited about it. Um, right. and have, have been enjoying it. Uh, but it is kind of like, this is the block where everything that opens just closes within like a year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like close to where there's a lot of foot traffic, but not where there's a lot of foot traffic. Perfect. That's sweet. Yeah. It's called the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also listening to a new true crime podcast, everybody. Of course. Of course, called Small Town Dicks. Um, and it's hosted by Yardley Smith, the lady who does Lisa Simpson's voice. And I love it so much because in my head, it makes perfect logical sense that Lisa Simpson would grow up and become a true crime fan. Um, so it's like listening to Lisa's podcast. It's wonderful. That's, that's cool. This yeah. Small dick town. <laughs> small dick town. Right. Exactly. Uh, and it's Yardley and there's another host. I'm spacing on her name, but they are sort of like the voice of reason. And they're interviewing these two small town detectives just like about their lives, like solving crime. Um, and it's really interesting. It's it's different than a lot of true crime podcasts in that sense, because they have actual detectives who are like, oh, yeah, I'm the one who found the body. You know, yeah. like, that's different. Um, and then I have one viewing rack. Um, Atlanta. This season of Atlanta is bananas. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I See, I still haven't seen it. I Like, any, any of it at all. So season one was great. Uh, but season two is... The thing that everybody commented on in season one is that... The storytelling was great. The acting was great. But then there was also this really cool, like, surrealist aspect to it. And season two, like, runs with that. It's very strange and beautiful and just hypnotic. All right. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I should check that out because now I have cable, which is amazing and it's nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, TV, highly recommend. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? One thing I've been thinking about is so I, I enjoy watching The Handmaid's Tale. 
And do by you that, enjoy I mean, it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the show, but I hate watching it. If that makes any sense. A thousand like, percent. Cause that's my experience with it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Hey, this is a really great show. Oh, you know, and then like it'll a new episode will come on and Kayla and I will be sitting at home. We'll be like, do you want to watch Handmaid's Tale? It's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a good mood. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no, let's just wait until like it becomes work. You know, know. it's really weird. But like as soon as I started, I'm like hypnotized because it's so good. But yeah, I do have to like psych myself up to want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely like I feel like the second season's starting to to progress a little, but yeah, you know, because it started weird. Um, but yeah, it's I have to be in the right mood, and I think that's what makes it tough. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else are you watching? Um, I mean, I'm watching a lot of Cubs games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that's another cool thing. I don't have to try to find weird pirated streams. Right. Right. Um. What did I skip over? Um, oh, are you listening to anything music-wise or podcasts? Uh, you know, honestly, not really. Uh-huh. You know, but yeah, just, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know. You know, just reading reading my, my books of research and shit, so... That's been taking up. That's been taking up all my li- cool listening time. Right, right. That work stuff that we have to do. Oh, uh, hey, I wanted to ask you about your upworthy piece that <laughs> you were promoting the other day. Um, you spoke with Brian Fuller yeah. about his criticism of Bohemian Rhapsody, which, like, the more I hear about this fucking movie, the more annoyed I get. Because, like, I was so excited. When they said Rami Malik was going to play um, Freddie Mercury, I was like, perfect, great, love it. Um, and then it seems like they're erasing the fact that he was gay or bi and they're not going to address AIDS at all. You know, so it's like so so the whole the whole like the story that that's people keep like the one tweet that people keep passing around that's just like oh they're not gonna you know they're not gonna talk about aids it's like that came out last summer so i don't know how accurate that is but the one thing that upset brian uh was that it um that the the description the official description that that uh fox the the studio behind it put out uh just kind of like alluded to a life-threatening illness <laughs> like <laughs> just you just know it's say like, aids yeah and so he um you know it was it was it was cool talking to him about it because he you know he was just uh he he was explaining you know how he kind of came to came to uh how that made him feel and one of the th- one of the things he said i thought was really funny was that um, you know, he, he told me, he said, the use of life-threatening illness in the publicity material smacked so disturbingly of Reagan-era AIDS denial, my ass was triggered like Roy Rogers. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. And, yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where he was he was very uh, – he, he pointed to that as just kind of a, um, you know, the way that Hollywood tends to, if not erase, minimize – queer history you know and especially when it comes to bisexual people you know this was something that freddie mercury dealt with a lot in his life yeah. where people were like you know um you know he would he would say he's bi, bi and people would be like no no you're gay and he's right. like 
but I'm not. He's <laughs> like, I think I know. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, it's that same kind of thing. And, you know, we, you see this happen all the time. And one of the things that on his shows that he's, that he created on Brian Fuller's shows uh, over the years, and he, he talked about this in, in an acceptance speech for award, an award he got last year, was kind of how he, he's been trying to include LGBTQ characters in his work, but a lot of times, like, that stuff just gets stripped out. Right. You know, it's it's something where it's like, let's not add another layer to that character or let's not directly address it. So it's like it's either erasing the character or not addressing it. So people are like, oh, this is just queer bait. You know, it's like. So that's really interesting it. because I know a lot of people were criticizing Brian Fuller for Hannibal because that show seems like it is very queer baity. Yeah. But but. I never considered the fact maybe he actually tried to include material that would have explored the queerness of those characters and this and the network was just like, no. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think that's why, you know, one thing, one thing I'm trying to, trying to do a little bit more of is to not, um, not criticize people too hard on, you know, on things like that where it's like, oh, why did you personally do this when you don't really know, you know, it's like, he doesn't have all the control over, you know, just just because he created a show doesn't mean he he controls uh, everything on it, you know, which was really interesting because he did like, you know, uh, Pushing Daisies and uh, Dead Like Me, which I fucking love Dead Like Me. That was um, that was that was a great show. But yeah, he, um, you know, talked about how on Dead Like Me, it was just like and it added a really cool layer to one of the characters about how George, who is a girl, which is an interesting whole thing. Right. Um, how when he wrote, when he came up with the the character, that her father was supposed to be gay, and so that she was supposed to be the product of a gay person who bred despite his better instincts. You know, making making kind of her whole life an even greater miracle or mess or you know something like that. Right. So. Then they then they took it out and they made the characters straight. And the same thing happened with, um, you know, with some of his other other stuff where he wanted characters to be gay. And then also in that speech, he accidentally outed someone, which was weird. <gasps> Oops. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing that I was like, oh, no. Uh, but yeah, so that happened. But yeah, you know, it's like he, he said, you know, finally with when it came to like Hannibal, he was able to, or not Hannibal, but American gods, he was able to kind of go full force. Right. With, you know, because the source material is pretty, pretty messed up as it is. So you kind of, you know, even if they dial it back, you still got a lot of stuff you can leave in there. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't understand like what a large operation uh, creating a TV show is and how quickly like even the creator can lose like creative control of everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think people are just very quick to be like, well, clearly the writer has full say in everything that appears on the screen. And it's like, man, writers wish that was the case, but so often things are changed and like out of their control. Yeah. And I mean, and also it's like, I think it's worth remembering that a lot of times, because a lot of times, what you know, we see something and we we move and we change as a society and expect everything immediately to be okay. It's no longer okay to do X. 
on you know in your movies and then you see a movie come out and then whatever x is is being done and you're just like how dare you not respect whatever just was decided you know one thing that one thing that happened that's kind of come up uh a bit lately is this um there's this movie where uh this actor matt matt bomer oh yeah yeah, yeah. whatever he's playing he's playing a trans woman right and it's cringy yeah (laughs) and it's really so it's really weird because like all these all these movies and shows like they they try to get like a trans consultant on board so basically they can just point to this person be like they told me it was okay right you know like that's happened like i've had places reach out to me and i'm always like no (laughs) Um, because you know you get paid to basically be like no transphobia is fine right um but yeah the woman who who was doing that was just like i don't like the label trans and it's just like okay why are you why why are you consulting anyway so that movie, like, apparently it filmed a couple of years ago. And, you know, 20, 2016 is very different than 2018. And, 20, and you know, it filmed that long ago. It was written even longer. You know, so it was, you kind of have to look to the past a little bit on some of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, I see people getting kind of, you know, angry about it online. And this movie, it's it's a tiny movie, and that's why I've been trying to just kind of be like, just let it get released, and we'll never talk about it again. <laughs> you know, because the only thing, you know, it it almost seems like it's counting on backlash to to make it work. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, I know people were disappointed because um, Mark Ruffalo is involved, right? You know, I think he was like involved on the like, uh, like his company was somehow involved in right. Like, or a company he works with was involved. I don't know how much how directly involved he was, um, but both he and Matt Matt Bomer like follow me on on Twitter, and I was like, should I message them? And then right. I was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the you know at the same time, it's just like I understand that a lot of this stuff's out of anyone's control, and especially if it's a movie that you shot two years ago, you know. Right. And to his, to his credit, he hasn't he hasn't done any any publicity for it he hasn't done any interviews about it i don't think he likes it he's like can we just forget i did this <laughs> yeah i think that's kind of the attitude so yeah. it's like you know what just leave him all you know leave him alone he's he's not a weirdo like jared leto so oh god <sighs> wow well on that note on the note of jared leto guys it's that time of the show let's all hold hands and cry here is your bad news So the big bad news thing I wanted to talk about um, was Trump calling unauthorized immigrants or undocumented immigrants. Sorry, I was reading a New York Times headline. uh, Animals in this very bizarre rant. And how like it was weirdly trying like some media outlets were trying to portray i think the ap like corrected a tweet that they had put up and they were like oh sorry we didn't give the full context um he was talking about gang members um first of all 
that's unclear <laughs> at best. And also, I'm going to make the argument that um, gang members are also not animals. Um, they're people who were in a gang. Yeah. And also, also just, just to be clear, he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was saying like, that they are animal-like people or something like that. He said, he even said specifically, he said, these are not people. Right. <laughs> you know? Which so is like, genocidal language. Yeah, like that's the th- I don't understand who that's supposed to help. Well, you know? it's like red meat for his yeah. racist, xenophobic base. But a lot of people were pointing out on Twitter, like, this is exactly the propaganda that was used against Jewish people. Uh, in the lead up to the Holocaust, where at first Germans were just talking about Jewish criminals and how they were animals. Um, and then that just was expanded to all Jewish people. But like, mm-hmm. this is how it starts. Like, it is easy to villainize gang members because gang members tend to do very violent, cruel things. Um, so it's easy to call them in like without exploring the myriad of reasons people join gangs um it's easy to villainize them but that's how it starts and then that label is expanded to just like anybody who looks mexican yeah well and also i mean it he was not clear you know his his actual quote was very terrible um and even if even if you give him the benefit of the doubt that it's still terrible but you know, one thing I really struggled with was the fact that it's like the same people who are like, no, 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 you, how dare you not show the full context? I mean, I was, and I was tweeting about this earlier. I was, I was tweeting that, um, remember when people freaked out about an Obama speech where he, he said, you didn't build that. And right. that became like the Republican party's whole, like they, the theme of their convention in 2012 was we built it. And you know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or, you know, and because his whole like the whole Obama quote when he said, you know, you didn't build that. The whole thing was him saying, you know, if you were successful, somebody along the line gave you help. You know, there right. was a great teacher. Somebody helped create this. Some somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you, yeah, he was focused business, on like yeah. the collective. Yeah, like we yeah. we all and, have to help each other. Yeah, and in that speech, the next pr- paragraph, like just so he isn't mis- he isn't misunderstood, he even says the point is. <laughs> When we succeed, we succeed because of our individual initiative, but also because we do things together. There's some things like fighting fires, blah, 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 that we don't do on our own because that wouldn't make sense. You know, so like that was that. And they're like, he said you didn't build your business. It's like, God damn it. And And then like, yeah, they turned it into a whole, whole thing. Mitt Romney worked it into his stump speech and even to add insult to injury in Romney's speech where he would he would talk about that. He would be like this horrible quote. I can't believe the president would say that. And then he would make the exact point that Obama actually made. Right. <laughs> he would right. be like, it, "We have to work together and as individuals." <laughs> like, like you, motherfucker. That's what I mean. Like the facts don't matter. It's just red no. meat for the yeah. base. Where it's like, I mean, nothing pisses off the extreme right more than like brown people and communists right so let's say that 
the president doesn't believe in individualism and individual success and he's a fucking secret communist and or like yeah let's villainize all brown people and say they're animals um but this is like frightening rhetoric from trump even for trump this would he said they're not people they're animals he actually said that (laughs) to have a president say that is just Listen, and I'm not saying that we haven't had racist presidents. The country was founded on white supremacy. A lot of this stuff was coded. It was said. But to hear a president actually say it that explicitly is horrifying. Oh, totally. I mean, it's it's just – it's so disappointing how desensitized we've gotten about um, everything. I mean, to the – like the fact that like – now my reaction a lot of times is uh this again you know right. <laughs> like i see that and i'm just like how how did this how did this happen you know instead of instead of like getting full on upset or angry it's i see this and i'm just like you know what did i expect you know this is it's sad and we shouldn't expect that from a president or anyone else i mean that's something your racist uncle says at thanksgiving dinner and you're just like ee not the guy who's like running shit because mm. the the language he uses matters because it influences millions of people. Yes. You know, and you you look at all of these situations happening around the country. I mean, there's that that guy who um who went and yelled at some women for speaking Spanish in a oh, New York yeah. coffee shop. I want to there, talk about him in a second. Yeah. There's, you know, and then there's another guy on, you know, over in California who just started berating some Muslim woman because he said, I don't like your religion, you know, and like these things happen. And I mean, these things have always happened, but I think that people feel a little more open to, to be like this. Like they have permission. Yes. You know, for sure. and it comes from, from having, a president who does stuff like this. And I, I honestly worry about what's going to happen to, uh, to kids. <laughs> you know, mm. if you're growing up and this is your role, like this is a person you look up to. It's like when I, when I was growing up, it was like, I remember, uh, it would be like, you know, Oh, George Bush is president. Uh, the, the first one I'm, I'm old, yeah. um, <laughs> the, you know, be like George Bush is president. And you know, that is, it it was never like I would never see something where it would be like, oh, the president went on TV and called people animals, you know, like, again, it was all, you know, dog whistle coded kind of stuff. But, you know, stuff that kids wouldn't get. But now you have kids who are just like people are animals. Uh. Yeah, I know. And like I've talked about this before on the show, but like <clears throat> PCness was always a very clumsy way for us to deal with institutional racism and like ineffective in many ways when it came to institutional racism but I think we're now beginning to see how valuable it was even if it was like to a certain extent mock civility like that that played an important role because now things have like devolved so quickly because I think you're 100% right I think these extreme right racists um and not just on the right on the left too um feel so empowered that they're like oh i i don't have to be afraid of people judging me anymore because i have so much support out there Mm -hmm. yeah and you know and and people i don't know they just 
it's 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 sad and it's it's uh you know it's it's something that i i'm trying to i'm trying to understand i i, I hate the whole like understand trump voters like no not like that like i'm i want to understand how people get their information like what they're exposed to and how that shapes their thinking you know one thing that i've been kind of wrestling with a lot lately is you know uh conservative dudes like love to say things like facts don't care about your feelings and you know uh it, which is always funny because they always say that and then they spout an opinion that they're like that's a fact <laughs> and it's like no that's not how facts uh, work <laughs> facts don't care about your opinions um <laughs> but you know it's like facts don't care about your feelings except when they do i mean there are really interesting uh there are some really interesting studies of uh you know how people come to believe in absolute like certainty certain things exist or happen you know right. like how how that happens what what causes that what what sets that off in the brain like those things really interest me mm. you know and it's like you know facts do care about uh how you're feeling when you when you get certain news or get certain information or how you feel about the person delivering it you know it's like these things these things matter like they really shape what we believe and what we consider a factual truth because I'm trying to understand how um how how people get in get in these positions where we can't agree on objective truth anymore. Right. You and know, like, like and can we ever recover from that? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that comes that's another thing that, you know, people will say like, oh, you're on the, you know, on the wrong side of history or um, oh, Trump's gonna be look we're people are gonna look back on Trump as like some sort of monster. It's like it depends mm. on who writes the history. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it depends. We could, you know, we could 40 years from now, things could be a total like wasteland of horribleness. And imagine in future know? history books where we're the monsters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll be like, these people tried to silence us. And, you know, that's totally going to be the narrative out there because you hear that all the time. You know, oh, these leftists are leftists are, are, are criticizing us. And so we'll. So, you know, we have no choice but to be, become further right, you know, sure. like, you know, we're there is already a version of history that paints people like us very, very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bring it's it already out there. Bring and, it, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's something that I, I think a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. It uh, that shit will keep you up at night. Um but I, I did want to talk about that the Jewish lawyer in New York who was yeah. caught berating Spanish-speaking workers. Uh, he's been identified. His name is Aaron Schlossberg. Turns out, and this is going to shock everyone, he's a big Trump supporter. Uh, and he actually had been caught on camera before um, screaming at a Trump rally. He was actually, again, berating uh, and orthodox jewish man claiming that he was a fake jew um but so th this incident this latest incident in manhattan um he was caught on video <laughs> yet again uh yelling at the workers for speaking spanish he said he threatened to call immigration agents on them and then i love this part um he said that uh they live off of his money and he goes, I pay for their welfare. They're at work. Yeah. They are at work. And he's like, I pay for your welfare. Um, so he's not a smart man. Um, but 
I think my favorite part of the video actually is the poor manager that he's yelling at because the dude is so calm and he goes, I'm going to call immigration services. And the guy just goes, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right. You know, and, and I, I, th- I think I read that it's just like they, they interviewed like one of the people there and she's like, I was born in New York. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, he's, first of all, yeah. even if there were undocumented workers there, yeah, that is a profoundly evil thing to threaten, first of all. But he was clearly just profiling them and they spoke like a little bit of Spanish and he's like, you're all illegal. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and apparently he speaks Spanish. Like that oh, was like right, right, people yeah. pulled up on like his like his office. It's just like you know, it's like say how how Espanol. You know, it's like right. hey, wait, <laughs> wait, I didn't know that. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so also, like, apparently, like on his website, the photo used to be him and this like very pretty lady attorney, and it she honestly looks like a stock photo. <laughs> so she vanished from the website, and people were like, "Oh no, did his law partner quit? She's not a lawyer. She's a model." I didn't know that. But I'm, now I'm wondering, did this, like, model call him and say, take my fucking photo down? <laughs> Everybody hates you now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, and then, uh, you know, I, I love all the, the photos that people have been adding to, like, the Google reviews and the Yelp reviews. Uh, where it's, Or, like, reclassifying his business as, a, as like, a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Nothing uh, makes but, me happier than when the internet bands together to take down an asshole. It's but, like but then, then then Yelp put up a little thing that was just like, "Hey, FYI, uh, we see that this person is in the news, so we're gonna be like cleaning up his like reviews over the next few." Days. <laughs> you know, but then at the same time, it's like I see like if there's one thing that like the like alt right conservative dude bros are really good at. It's doing exactly that to businesses. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like no, there was the one. that's a very yeah. responsible thing for Yelp to do. <laughs> yeah. Don't get and, me wrong. <laughs> Yelp was even like, we're, we're not taking sides. I was like, oh, they must have to do this a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Just, yeah, that's yeah. a really Which easy way to seek revenge, like tank somebody's business. No, that's very oh, smart yeah. of Yelp. Yeah, because that could swing back on us yeah. in a really bad way. <laughs> yeah, well, because there was that there was that uh, restaurant in Dallas. Yes. Who, they had, you know, they they <laughs> said that they support like reasonable gun, you know, Boo. gun measures, <laughs> and the NRA was just like, "We're ready to fight." Like, you need to chill out. Did you see but, they're doing great business though? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, wrote, I wrote a story about them over at Upworthy about the whole whole thing. But also, one thing that they kind of got missed was that there were that people did this to another restaurant with the same name in that was in like Houston or, oh. or in the Houston area. And the Houston restaurant had to keep putting things out saying, we're not associated with this place. We have no idea what you're talking about. And people kept calling in like threats and ca- doing this. And so that, that business changed its name. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it like had to change its <sighs> name because it was getting like Yelp bombed by people who were just like, screw you for hating guns. And they're like, we love guns. I know. This is why I always wait like a day and a half after like the Reddit detectives have been like, we found him. This is his real name. I always wait because I'm like, you guys are so often wrong. And you target some like poor person who has nothing to do. Like it happens in um, mass shootings a lot. Uh-huh. They'll, like, think they identified the shooter, and it turns out that's just a different guy with the same name. 
Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, it, with this lawyer dude, it's like when I first saw people saying that and they were like, this is his website. And I looked, I was just like, this guy looks so generic. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that's might the be thing. Him, but maybe not. So I, I didn't tweet about it until like the next day when, uh, did you see that the New York Post like put a video up of like they camped out outside his apartment? And yeah. Th- yeah. And he like tried to hide under an umbrella and like a hat and stuff. And he had a or, ski mask on. Yeah. And people were like, at what age did you decide to become a racist? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like trying to run away, but he seems like very disoriented. He like runs one way and then he runs back and then he's on the phone and he goes, they're all around me and I can't get to my car. And I'm like, oh, this guy is so pathetic. Uh, Um, And then and then there was also like so they posted that and someone some dude responded to to that tweet wrote if he is a racist he's a democrat that's for sure and someone someone replied replied, lol this is literally him at a trump rally and the guy (laughs) replied a lot of protesters go to trump rallies he's one of them ha 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 and then like did the whole like democrats are the party of kkk and slavery it's like god damn it get get a recent history i don't know that's that's pretty fresh that's pretty fresh comes up so much (laughs) but then i i i pulled up open secrets and did a search for donors and i was like okay he donated five hundred dollars to trump you yeah. know and so i was like dude and i sent i sent the link to that and he has not replied classic and, liberal move donating five hundred dollars to trump just to throw people off the scent <laughs> don't pre- don't pretend like you didn't give hundreds of dollars to trump parker we he all did in advance. <laughs> uh so i also wanted to talk about um this bananas uh story from where is it is it i want to say oklahoma but i might just be profiling because of the story um i'm sorry atlanta i was profiling uh a gubernatorial campaign bus tour is drawing sharp criticism from some people because uh, Republican Michael Williams has named it the deportation bus. Yay. Yeah. Um, and it's really fascist and terrifying. Um, and yeah. yeah. Did you see his video? no the dude has a video and he's just like this here boss we're gonna fill with we're gonna fill with illegals and it's just like oh it always makes me cringe when someone calls undocumented illegals yeah and but then like he walks around to the back of the bus and the bus says like on the back it's like next stop mexico and this or this bus is filled with uh with murderers and rapists and you know he's like we're not just gonna watch watch them in this we're gonna round them up and throw them on this bus it's like it's like also dude that's a school bus yeah so you know it's like you just painted a school bus if you actually threw a bunch of like if if you were advertising this correctly where you just threw a bunch of murderers on the bus, <laughs> i don't think that bus would get where you're going also he's gonna have to make a lot of trips if it's just one bus it's one bus it can carry like 30 people at a time i mean he's gonna have to make a lot of trips to mexico how uh, do you think this i don't know how he's gonna be governor because that's gonna take a while um, yeah. apparently his his like poll numbers are super low so that's the thing like i think it's easy to dismiss someone like that as a wing nut 
where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's a fringe candidate. He's not going to win. Um, I mean, hopefully that's true. But also we were just talking about how the political landscape has shifted so that now people like Michael Williams feel really emboldened to present these hateful, dangerous ideas. And who knows how many people he's inspiring out there who like, obviously this is a dumb PR stunt, right? But this is the shit that racists are like, finally, somebody's talking some sense. And once you float something like that out there, you can't take it back. It completely changes the dialogue of like how far we can push the Overton window to the right. Cause it's like, if this is presented in the spectrum of reasonable ideas, then who's to say the next idea that comes along won't even be to the right of that. Um, I mean, the administration is setting up internment camps right now for children. Yeah. You know, you know, well, so one, one other, you know, and, and speaking of the Overton window, it's like, so, um, the other day I saw someone like there was an article about, uh, Jennifer Rubin, the, the writer at the Washington post, the, she, she runs the right turn blog. So she's a conservative. Sure. And someone asked the question, someone like there was a story about her, like conservative criticizes Trump, which apparently that's still, still a story. (laughs) Um, and someone goes, uh, and this was someone who's like, uh, oh, what's his name? Yashar something i don't know uh oh uh, ali yeah who writes and yeah and stuff like that he was just like how you know why exactly do they call her a conservative it's like well because she identifies herself as such and she has a bunch of conservative positions it's really weird and it worries me it worries me uh that uh that that there are a lot of people who think oh if you don't like trump you're you're totally in the middle this is our new middle where it's just like right. no you're you still have horrible policies yeah you just don't like how openly racist he is like we forget you Mitt know? romney is a monster oh, like yeah. we yeah. used to all hate Mitt romney and now people are like oh i wish he had run he would have beaten trump and it's like Mitt romney is a monster. And like, I mean, I I guess the worst example obviously is George W. Bush, like reframing him as like a harmless little goof of a president. And he's like, he's a war criminal. He should be in prison. He, he actually can't travel to certain countries because they'll arrest him as a war criminal. That'd be so great. That'd be so great. But if, if if I were a pilot, I'd just be like, I'm going to (laughs) take, just got to make a quick stop real quick. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Guys, before we run out of time, I'm not going to forget to send you out into the rest of your day. Here is your good news. So this is some good news, uh, even if it's like temporarily good news. The Senate voted to save net neutrality, which is great news, but now it goes to the House. And guys, if you haven't done so already, please call your representative um, because we squeaked out a very narrow victory in the Senate, but the House the House vote's going to be brutal. Um, if it comes up for a vote. If it comes up for a vote at all, but one way to maybe guarantee that it does come up for a vote is to call your representative and encourage them to vote to vote basically. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's always nice to get some some good news, even if you it's know, temporary. I, it was temporary, but you know, it's like I was I was watching uh, watching on Twitter as uh, uh, Brian Brian Schatz, the um, the head senator from Hawaii, he was tweeting about the vote. He's also great to follow on Twitter if if you don't already. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he's he like actually runs his Twitter account, and it, which is cool. He doesn't. It's not weird senator twitter like most of his <laughs> stuff is like you know he's actually just like i'm annoyed that people aren't talking about whatever and it's just like this is cool he's a human um but yeah he when he started tweeting he was just like he was like kennedy votes yes and i was just like what yeah. you got the you got the senator from louisiana yeah <laughs> to vote yes i was like that's awesome yeah you know because like that's and uh, so you know there's some hope because i think that anyone who understands net neutrality and and isn't like in the totally in the pocket of you know telecom companies like they they'd be like oh yeah sure totally support that you know but then i see a lot of people and not members of congress i like i also think that members of congress are probably many very clueless about how the internet works Uh, for sure for sure Uh, yeah but there are a lot of people I see online who are just like, net. Ne- why do we need net neutrality? No more free stuff. Just pay for it yourself. It's just like net neutrality is not about giving anyone free stuff. <laughs> you, it's like you, you idiots. <laughs> you know, like I see stuff like that where it's just like you have no clue what you're talking about, right. do you? And it's just like, no, I don't. No. You know, but it's 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 tough to tell when someone's even being legitimate or if they're just a troll. Because well, that's always annoying when it's just like, oh, okay, I'll I'll respond to this person and be like, hey, I think you're mistaken. I also think there's just basic miseducation about the history of the internet. Like, yeah. we taxpayers funded the research and development that led to the internet. It belongs to us, and I think a lot of people think that corporations made it. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're renting it back from them. And it's like, no, 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 they're renting it from us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we pay, We should get it. We should get money from them because they're using infrastructure that would not exist without taxpayer dollars. But we like, I think a lot of people just are unaware of that. So they're like, yeah, these mooches want it for free. And it's like, first of all, everybody pays for Internet for the most part. Yeah. Um, So you're already paying to use it. This would just set up like an absurd tiered system that would turn the internet into an unusable clusterfuck. Yeah. You uh, know, it's it it's not good for anyone. No. Well, that, I mean, that's <laughs> like, what really I was saying. Isn't. I think I was saying on yesterday's episode, how often do you see like hardcore leftists on the same side as Mark Zuckerberg? But it's like so many giant companies like Facebook, Google, want to save net neutrality because it if net neutrality um is erased it will be bad for them too yeah and i mean you and also it also opens up if you get rid of net neutrality it opens the door where you know companies that that work together or own other companies can just be like no you can only access you know like let's say some someone uh you know that comcast owns spotify and comcast was just like no, you can't use iTunes music here. You can't use Pandora. You know, it's like it will only let you go to Spotify or right. it's like, you know, stuff like that. And you you kind of see it like where there's a big story where I think that people keep just misreporting it, where it's like 
at Whole Foods. They're like, your Prime membership's about to get you a discount at Whole Foods. It's like, oh, that's actually not great. Yeah. You know, because it's it's just like, oh, cool. Now you're making it where you kind of have to have a Prime membership. Otherwise, you're dumb if you shop at Whole Foods without one. Right. You know, so yeah. it's it's a way of just getting people to buy more products that they probably don't want and don't need. And in a lot of places, you know, when you when you add in the fact that uh, there are still parts of the country where high speed internet is not even available, right? And if you and you factor in that, you know, in a you know extremely large portion of the company, there is only one provider or two providers. Yep. Um, you know, you really don't want to just give those companies like total freedom to charge you literally whatever they want. Yeah, talk to anybody in New York City about how excited they are about Time Warner's internet service. Um, They're terrible. They're awful. I have have only two options in Chicago. Yeah. I can do do Comcast or I can do RCN, which is the other one here. And RCN's like kind of crappy, you know, and and Comcast is Comcast. Um, But like out by my parents' place, which is only 40 miles from me. Uh, they don't have any options for high speed internet. They have like they had like satellite internet for a while, which was super slow. And it's just like, and they were excited though because it was it was a a move step up from dial up that they had until like five years back. Yeah. Um. So the other good news story I have is that recently released documents show that Trump paid more than $100,000 to Michael Cohen as a reimbursement for a payment made to a third party. I just love that anytime the administration comes out with like, okay, here's our official statement. He had no idea what this payment was being used for. Like the next day, documents are released that are like, you're lying. Like they completely have them made and they're still like, just pathologically lying yeah and no one calls them on it yeah like it's even when they do they're just like well you know (laughs) and sarah sarah sanders will shrug and be like i i'm offended that you would ask such a question right like those things like that is baseless to accuse us of lying you know like that whole thing but yeah this this thing happens every single time and it's and you saw this you see the same thing happen with all those um you know, all those documents about the Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. <laughs> you know, like the Don story Jr. on that changed so Ugh. many times. And also, also, like, Don Jr. is such a fucking idiot. Like, oh, like everybody in the Trump administration is a dummy. Right. But he is just extraordinarily stupid. Yeah. It's, uh, those, those emails, like I, I was reading through a bunch of those. There was one. <laughs> It was someone someone writing like in response to the fact that like Don Jr. just tweeted out his email. Oh my god! Remember when he did yes. that? And everyone was just like, oh, "What? Why?" I um, could not believe that happened. And that one reporter who had been working on the story was like, "He just tweeted out my story." Yeah, uh, and then but yeah, so in those documents, there's one guy who you know keep in mind like the investigation was already happening, so he probably knew someone was going to see this email. It wrote. Why would he tweet out? Why would he? Why would he post the emails that admit to collusion? Because that's what he thought that those emails amounted to. But right. then the pub- public was just like, eh, I don't know. Right? <laughs> it's like, they uh, even even their their team thinks that they're like, oh no, we just lost, and then people. Uh, 
are right. just like, I don't know, he's still fine. Witch hunt. Actually, it was the Democrats who who had Russians help. That I, I still can't wrap my head around that talking point. And, um, where it's like, actually, the Russians were helping Hillary. How? Sure, sure. By losing the election, Parker, connect the fucking dots. <sighs> sick of having to hold your hand and walk you through this. Uh, uh, yeah. So the other good news item I have is, again, based in a bad news story, a very bad news story. But I, I'm putting it under good news because I'm hoping it will provide some kind of closure to the victims. But uh, Larry Nasser's vic- victims reached a $500 million settlement agreement with Michigan State. And this is just a wild number. Over 300 women will be awarded the $500 million settlement. 300. That's just totally insane. Like, I can't, I just can't even wrap my head around that. I mean, when I, first off, reading that i was like oh five hundred thousand, and i'm like oh no it's 500 million <laughs> oh yeah it's a huge number but it's actually 300 Still? 332 victims um right. so i mean i i'm glad that they they got their day in court i'm really glad they got to confront him um and i'm glad they got to speak the the victims who wanted to speak um so yeah i'm just hope hopeful that this will at least provide some kind of closure and that Michigan uh, state is having to pay um, because any facility that knew about him or institution that knew about him should be shuttered immediately. I mean, just, it's so disgusting. Um, Well, and, and then I and so I saw some of the people responding to um, responding to that tweet was just like, oh, for more than a million dollars, anyone can do whatever they want to me. You know, it's just like you need to stop. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not funny. Or no, cute. that's gross. Yeah. Or there was another person who was like, this is kind of unfair because like that's just going to like they're not going to be able to spend money on athletic scholarships. And it's just like you need to you need to stop. <laughs> wow. You know? Like, do not worry about Michigan State athletics right now like that is that should not be on the front of anyone's mind i don't care if you're the biggest like michigan state fan also they'll fucking be fine i mean look at penn state penn state's fine they had to pay out 109 million dollars after sandusky and they're fine so it's like to watch people cry over like football or sports and ignore the 332 victims is like disgusting i mean i i don't personally i don't understand people who who cry over sports in general you know like i i love sports (laughs) um but at the same time you you you're never gonna see me like get like i see people screaming at each other yelling fighting over like oh my team lost and like I, I you see this outside Parker like, Parker did, all the time. you didn't and, cry when the Cubs finally won it was it was a special moment I did not cry though I don't think wow because I, like, I was it was it was late I was tired <laughs> I, just as I'm tired now I <laughs> and I just was just like they did it they finally did it and then like went to sleep um, wow but, no I mean there there are definitely like there are people who 
you see him like after games or on the way to games they're like i'll fight you if they see someone wearing like a different jersey yeah it's like you need to chill the fuck out (laughs) this cannot be good for you (laughs) i mean it just shows how how highly we prize sports and how little we value women yeah you know where it's like 332 victims as far as i know they were all women um but i might be wrong about that uh but just hundreds of women came forward saying I was sexually abused in the worst possible way. And people are like, yeah, but what's going to happen to sports? <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? Sports? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, maybe that's uh, just so, so, me. Someone, someone got mad at me after I, um, like, uh, like a couple months, months ago, I wrote, wrote something for the guardian about, uh, about basketball and mm-hmm. how I love, you know, how I was a big fan of the Bulls in the 90s with sure, Jordan and sure. all that, you know, yeah. like, who growing up in this area wasn't. Exactly. Um, and how it, like, Loyola got really far in the tournament. So it was, like, how that kind of, like, reignited Chicago's love of basketball, which has been long dormant, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I wrote something about that, but then I tweeted something about, like, hey, you know what? I think it's really cool Loyola got this far, you know, and if they lose, that's cool. That's fine. That's, you know, I, I, I still think it's it's awesome. And the one thing I like about sports is that you can just, you know, you can cheer for someone. And then when, you know, when they come up short, you can just be like, hey, good job. And someone was like, no, being a sports fan means that you have to be angry. What? And like, you, you should not have written an article about this team if you're not like an actual fan. And it's just like, you know, stop. <laughs> like wow. I, I, I just don't. I don't get it. But you know, people have a different thing. But I know. I imagine living. Imagine having a life so, so free of things to be upset about that you're just like sports is the biggest thing or, that gets to me. Or you have so much in your life going wrong <laughs> that you just project all of that yeah, rage into sports. Yeah, it's always one of the two. Yeah, there's it's never someone in the middle you know no but if yeah. uh guys thank you so much for listening please follow parker on twitter at parker malloy share all of her articles over at upworthy is there anything else you want to plug uh you know i uh yeah just read, read my stuff over at upworthy hell yeah guys please go become a member at light treason.news for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation to keep the show going. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 